What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Kava and Kettlebells. This is Charles. Hey, guys. This is Heidi. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, please rate or review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Kava underscore Kettlebells. Share with your friends and family. Really help us get this message out. All right. On today's episode, we are going to talk about abs, the wonderful abs and core that everyone wants to work out the most, it seems. Um, Before we get into that, though, we just thought we'd talk about, you know, just life right now. Um, So I don't know about everyone else, but we are getting hit so hard with, like, allergies. You can kind of tell both of us our voices are a little little off. If you listened to a few episodes ago, I completely lost my voice. It has just been a struggle for, like, two weeks, I feel like. Yeah, and this is actually our first (laughs) springtime in Alabama, and that might be a piece of it, too, but... Yeah, for sure. There's been a shit ton of pollen out here, and I think that's, like, when it started hitting both of us, Heidi and I. And, yeah, you can hear my voice right now. Like, Heidi lost her voice last week, um, and I've been fine, but my voice today, now nah, was kind of on the fritz. But, yeah, we've just been dealing with allergies, and, like I said, I think it's part of it is because it's our first springtime out here in Alabama. Yeah. Everything's blooming right now. There's pollen. And when he says there's the pollen everywhere, like I'm serious. The grill outside literally looked like a green grill because it was just covered in that like green yellow pollen yeah, everywhere. Our, our cars are covered in pollen, but I mean, may, maybe those of you listening who are in the southeast, you're used to this. But we just came from Arizona. We were out there for the past four years, but. Prior to that, like, we were in Nebraska, uh, we were even down in Pensacola, Florida for a little bit, and thinking back on now, like, I know in Pensacola I had really bad allergies this yeah, time of year. Yeah, and it was hard, too, because I was pregnant at that time, and I know when you're pregnant that sort of exacerbates it, um, but it was, because it, Pensacola's only a couple hours away from where we are now, and I do remember... I remember the pollen. Yeah, it's yeah. just everywhere, like, all the cars were just, like, yellow, that yellow-green... Um, And I think a lot of it, too, is, like, the pressure is changing. The weather keeps changing. So it's hard for us because, like, our nose and our head, it's just this pressure. And we're constantly having to try and pop our ears. And it's painful. Like, it comes and goes out of nowhere. Um, So that's something that, for workouts, it's been challenging. And so I've been taking Kratom. Like, I don't take Kratom. I don't like to take it every day. I only like to take it if I need it, like, if I'm in you know, pain. Um, I use that instead of painkiller and it's not good to use ibuprofen and painkillers. You know, it's best to reduce your, your intake of that, but especially when you're working out, um, it scientifically like inhibits. Yeah. So NSAIDs, so N-S-A-I-D, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Think about like your Tylenol, your ibuprofen, even your aspirin. Uh, all those, what they do is they reduce inflammation. And if you actually go look at studies they've done with these drugs before on resistance training or athletes, even endurance athletes too, it has actually a, a negative effect on your recovery because it inhibits the inflammation process. And when you work out, you actually want a little bit of inflammation because that's actually what helps the muscle grow, recover. And taking these drugs, especially in excess, I know like at like a moderate dose, like for example, ibuprofen at 400 milligrams or under, 
uh, doesn't have that big of an effect on uh, post-workout recovery. But, um, you know, a lot of people, and, like, I know a lot of people that will just, like, pop them yeah, every couple hours. Yeah, they pop it hours. like candy. Yeah, before you know it, you know, they're, they've taken, like, 1,200 milligrams of ibuprofen in a day. That's where it actually starts inhibiting your recovery. Now, obviously, if you're doing, like, in, like you know, like, over a course, like, a couple days, like, not that big of a deal. It's not going to, like, completely ruin all your gains or your recovery, but... Um, it's just one of those things to be educated about, I think. I think people just don't think twice about taking Tylenol, ibuprofen, things like that. Uh, especially like Tylenol and its effect on the stomach and the yeah. liver, you know. Uh, they just don't think twice about it. And I'm not saying that it doesn't have its place because it does. Uh, you know, I, I, I still use them, like, if I get really sick or if I get, you know, really bad pain, sometimes, like, you need that, obviously. But that's another reason, too, why you don't want to desensitize your body to it. Because if you're taking it all the time, then when you actually really need it, it's not going to be, you know, as effective. So it's just we, you know, for these workouts, it's been when we feel like shit. Um, it's been nice to just take a little bit of Kratom to, you know, take that pain away, take that edge off. And, um, and, and Kratom is like a perfect, I, I won't like, you know, say... I, it'll, cures anything right because of like claims and fda and all that stuff but if you're in mild pain or if you have like a mild nagging injury that's bothering you where you typically reach for the tylenol right kratom is a great alternative to that because not only does kratom give you you know that euphoric properties the the mood enhancement the focus energy depending on what strain you're, you're doing but it does have that pain relief aspect to it. So, uh, you know, if you got like a sore shoulder or like, how are you saying, like our, you know, ears or throat but kind of been bothering us with allergies. Typically, and yeah, we would go, you know, for Kratom before we would reach for the ibuprofen or the Tylenol. Yeah, and it really helps with, uh, so Charles takes it more often than I do um, as far as like pre-workout and it really does like make a huge difference and I wouldn't, I'm not trying to encourage you to, to, you know, go take Kratom every, you know, workout, but it really does like, I think the best way I can explain it, at least for me, the way I felt it with my workouts is I knew I was pushing myself. Like I was lifting way heavier lifts. For example, yesterday we, you know, I was doing deadlifts and I was doing like the heaviest deadlifts I've ever done for like more reps than I've ever done with that heavy weight. I was lifting heavier on everything. I was doing more, but I didn't feel like I was doing more. Like I knew I was pushing myself, but I didn't feel like I was pushing myself. Um, and so I think that's kind of cool. But then on the negative side, man, I was sore today. <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> that's facts. Um, but no, it's, I don't know what's going on right now. Like, again, we're in Alabama. And, and like it's two cold, weeks, too. Yeah, two weeks ago, we were at the pool, and this weekend fucking feels like It was 31 degrees this morning. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm getting really salty. I'm ready to move down to South Florida. like Naples. Yeah, where it's warm <laughs> year-round, or I'm ready to go expat down to, like, Costa Rica or something. You get my drift. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm over the cold, man. And like it's it's spring break right now. It's the you know yeah. Our girl spring break starts tomorrow. <clears throat> and speaking of that, we're going to the beach. So I am just 
crossing my fingers that it is supposed to get warmer come next weekend, but I hope it stays that way and we don't get another cold front. Um, our daughter, it's her birthday, and so we said, we don't like to do birthday parties every year, and so we said you can have a birthday party since you didn't do one last year, or um, we can go to the beach. What do you want? And she chose beach. So I'm excited for our beach trip. Um, and coming, you know, speaking of beach, we just thought that it might be a nice um, time to talk about abs, you know, in your core and ab workouts. And I know that is something that when I was training clients in person especially, clients would always be like, well, let's work our abs, let's work our abs. Usually it's because people are under the misconception that you can spot reduce your body and you can't. You can do all the ab work you want, but if you're still eating like shit, um, you, you have to lose that fat on top first. Um, Here's the thing. Everyone's got abs. Exactly. Everyone has abs. Everyone's got a nice six pack. It just depends on if it's covered up or not. Right. But regardless of aesthetics, it is super important to have a strong core. And a core is not just your abs. When you think core, people think abs. Um, but a core is made up of, you know, your abs. It's also made up of your obliques, which are kind of those side abs. Um, it's also made up of your hip flexors and your pelvic floor. So it's super important to have a strong core to stabilize, even just to get up out of a chair, to get up out of bed, you need a strong core. Um, and so it is important to work those abs. So we just thought it would be, you know, good episode to sort of explain tips on how to improve your core work and your ab work. And, and like Heidi said, you know, yeah, abs are like a visually nice muscle aesthetically. Uh, you know, like a lot of people strive to have like a six pack and have like, you know, the abs shown and everything like that. But it's much more than that. Like having a very strong core is essential to uh, so many things. And, uh, you know, even for like myself, I'll, I'll kind of relate to kind of my world. And I'm, I'm really into lifting. Uh, having a strong core makes you stronger in everything else. It makes you stronger in your squat, makes you stronger in your presses, your carries. Because um, really a strong core is, I, I feel like, the backbone to a strong body. Yeah, ab it absolutely is. And it is, so you have antagonist muscles. So antagonist muscles are, uh, there's always going to be a muscle that supports another muscle. So for example, your quads you know, your hamstrings are going to be supporting your quads. So it's really important to equally work every body part for that reason. And a lot of times people will talk about, oh, well, my back is really weak. I need to, to work my back. And that's true. You do need to work your back, but your glutes support your back and your abs support your back. And so the antagonist muscle of that back is your abs. And so if you want that strong back, if you want that support for that back, you need to work your abs. And abs are something that, you know, you can you can work it just sitting there. Like, you can just sit there and breathe. And if you just breathe properly, um, you can't see me, but I'm, like, sitting here squeezing my abs. Um, and just if you just engage your abs, you can work it. And that's what I try and teach my clients is you don't have to do specific ab exercises, although that's good, and we'll get into some of those at the end of this, but you can just breathe properly, and so the big thing that on my pelvic floor healing journey after having kids, because man, I love my kids, but they destroy your body. Um, and so what's really important, the biggest thing that you have to learn is how to breathe properly. Because most of us, especially, you know, women, society has taught us, you know, suck it in. You need to be skinny. Just suck it in and, you know, appear smaller than you are, um, even though that doesn't matter. 
And so we don't know how to breathe. And so that was really challenging going from being able to lift heavy to just like teach myself how to breathe properly so that my pelvic floor is supporting my body and my core is being engaged. And so what I always um, tell my clients is you want to exhale when you're exerting effort. So on the hard part of an exercise, you want to exhale. And I always say to do an audible exhale, like a loud, and that will, you can just feel it. Like just do it right now. And that automatically engages your abs and your core. And so every exercise that you're doing, you know, when you're doing that bicep curl, you want to inhale as you bring your arms down and then exhale as you bring those arms up and feel your abs, you know, contract. And um, it's just, yeah, so it's just important to, sorry, I'm, I'm watching Charles. He's practicing it. So it's just important to breathe properly and um, and even if you want to place your hand on your belly and so that you can feel it, I always say imagine zipping up your belly button to your heart. So you want to pull up with that pelvic floor and zip up, bring that belly button up to your heart as you exhale and that's going to engage your abs. Yeah, so that is something that you can do on your own and you should be doing in every exercise that you're doing is just focus on your breathing and that alone will work your abs. So a lot of things that frustrate me just as a personal trainer is when I see people walking around the gym, like there's always that select few people who always have like a weight belt on, who just always, no matter what they're doing, they have it on. It's usually the gym bro who's walking around thinking he's King Kong with a weight belt on. Yeah, (laughs) which is just because, like, to me, all it shows me is that you're weak, that you, like, that your core, and I know that's not true. Well, so here's the thing, especially, like, when you see, uh, I I see a lot more with, like, uh, guys in the weight room. They just, I think a lot of it is, I want to say, like, something that people think is cool to wear, like, it's like a, image thing like oh i got a belt on so like you know i'm i'm a lifter you know and like so you don't think they have you don't think they have it tightened necessarily the whole time Well, some do but like what one thing that i guess frustrates me too is like i'll see guys who i know are are capable and um you know doing bicep curls without a belt on but they're always wearing a belt no matter what they're doing they're doing bicep curls they're wearing a belt they're doing, you know, sh- like lateral shoulder raises. They're wearing a belt. Um, and yes, a belt can be beneficial, can stabilize you, uh, you know, especially if you have a weak core. But to, to not have a weak core, you, you got to live life without the belt. A belt is really for like, you know, big lifts like your squats, your deadlifts, or if you're doing something under immense pressure and you need that extra little help. Uh, but just going around and, and doing kind of simple exercise and stuff, it's actually detrimental be, to be wearing a belt because your body's getting used to always being stabilized. And your your core gets worked, I mean, really just kind of going throughout your day, like just moving around, especially in the weight room, just doing other exercises. Um, like I said, like, you know, just doing uh, bicep curls, tricep extensions, shoulder presses, things like that. Your, your core is getting worked because it, it, it needs to stabilize your body. And if you're always wearing a weight belt, you're not getting that stabilization that you naturally would from your core naturally stabilizing you. And it, it actually starts to weaken it. 
Yeah, and it's kind of like a vicious cycle because, like I said, you should be focusing on that breathing and engaging that core doing everything, but if you have that weight belt on all the time, you can't. It inhibits your core from doing its job and supporting you. Um, and I think you should, again, a belt has a place, but you should only use it if it's like like your one, two rep max. Like you're doing this super heavy weight and you just need that extra support. Or of course, if you have an underlying concern, you know, with your body, maybe you got in an accident and medically like you need that belt, that's a different story. But yeah, typically it's those bros who, they don't have an underlying issue. They just think that they're cool wearing it. Um, and that brings me to, you know, doing another way you can work your core is to do an exercise standing. So take um, a shoulder press, an overhead shoulder press. If you do that sitting, it's going to be easier. Like if you do the same exercise sitting and standing, it will be more challenging standing. And I've had clients you know, do workouts on their own and they're like, I don't understand. There weren't any benches open, so I stood and I couldn't lift as heavy weight. And that's totally fine. That's normal because it's more challenging for your body because you have to stabilize your body. And so that's why the same reason why a Smith machine is going to be easier than just a barbell because you don't have to stabilize yourself for that. So if you're, you know, take overhead presses, that's a perfect example. If you want to engage your core more, stand while you do it. Um, so naturally doing things standing and doing unilateral movement, so doing one side at a time, it's going to force your core to engage more to stabilize your body. So that's another great way to mix up your workout routine, to do things standing versus sitting, and to do that unilateral work. You know, do that split squat. An example for unilateral work, uh, to kind of give you a visualization of this, let's, let's even just talk about like the bench press, right? So a lot of people think bench press with like the barbell. Well, what if you went and did a bench press, but with dumbbells, right? Uh, my opinion, actually, that's really better for shaping the pictorials uh, for you gents out there. Um, but if you're using dumbbells on a bench press, right, typically you'll press both your arms at the same time up, right? So you're laying on your back on the bench, you got two dumbbells in your hand, and you're pressing them up at the same time. Now, if you were to drop one of those dumbbells, right, and then just press with one arm in the same movement, it's a lot harder to do and you'll actually feel it in your core a lot more. And you'll probably have to drop down the weight because um, again, those unilateral movements, it requires a lot more stability. And if you do this with anything really, uh, it doesn't have to be the bench press, like a, Heidi said, you could do it with a split squat, right? Or if, you get, if you're um, doing shoulders and you go stand up and you're doing a, sh a standing shoulder press, if you do it just with one arm, one shoulder, you'll probably have to drop down the weight with your dumbbells because you'll notice it takes a lot more for your, your core to stabilize you doing that. And I think a lot of people get so focused on the weight, and so they don't like to do that because, well, I need to look tough. I, I can lift more than this, and I need people to know it. And I think it's just really important to get over your ego and know that you're, you're working your body. Like, don't be so concerned with, I guarantee you no one's looking at the weight that you're lifting. And if they are, then you, you really shouldn't be worried about what they think anyways. Um, but, you know, it's not about the weight that you're lifting. Like, don't always try and be loading so much weight. You know, focus on your form. Focus on that range of motion. And this is just a great way to really challenge your body. I think it's really important to do, to do that, you know, unilateral and um, standing work. That's something when I, you know, do workouts for my clients, I always take them through a phase of unilateral work where I have them do, 
you know, alternating bicep curls, alternating exactly what Charles said, alternating bench press with dumbbells, one-arm tricep extensions instead of two-arm tricep extensions, um, staggered Romanian deadlift instead of, you know, two-legged Romanian deadlift. Like, there's there's a unilateral movement for, for almost anything. Um, you just have to get creative and, and just implement it. So next, let's talk about specific exercises for uh, your abdominals and uh, I'll say it straight up like stop doing crunches yeah. <laughs> and mo- most people do them wrong anyways <laughs> it's not the best for your back it's very short range of motion for your abs and it's just not that effective um I'll start this saying off front too your abs are are very much like in the air muscle so they they like resistance if you can add resistance to your abdominal exercises, that is good, right? Because just like uh, most other body parts, you want to add resistance to make that muscle stronger, to make it more um, you know, capable. Same thing with your abs. Uh, one, else, one other thing, sorry, to think about with your abdominal exercises is range of motion. And what I really like for abs is any type of like hanging leg raise is excellent for the whole entire uh, abdominal region right because the hanging leg raise that's where you are hanging from a bar right so you're you're gripping like a bar with your hands like a pull-up bar and you're hanging there and you're taking your legs and you're bringing them up 90 degrees so that's going to work the full range of motion of your abs you can twist to the side hit your obliques Hits your lower abs really well, all the way up to the top of your abs. And that's weighted because you're you're using your body weight. So, but you can even add extra weight. You can put a dumbbell in your feet and um, do a hanging leg raise with an added you know weight of the dumbbell. Uh, and again, it's that that range of motion that's really what your abdominals, really what any muscle wants is a good range of motion for that. Yes, and that's one reason you know, especially like with like squats and stuff. I always kind of laugh when I see someone loading a bar with like crazy weight and they go down like three inches and it's like, you're not even doing the squat. Like who cares about the weight? It's about the range of motion to like really work, you know, those muscles. So, um, what are some other, Charles definitely does way more direct core work than I do. Cause again, I am just, you know, I had kids, so I have been on this journey of just healing my pelvic floor and just focusing on my breathing. And I have good abs. Like, you can see my abs, and um, I just do that from breathing. But Charles is the expert when it comes to the actual abdominal work. So what's more exercise that you like? Yeah, so I I really like any type of, like, hanging leg raise, variations of those. Um, Also, like I said, I like to add resistance. So what I like to do, too, um, if you have access to, like, a cable machine at a gym, right, we can go to that uh, cable it's got the stack of weights there, and like it's like a pulley system. I like to throw like a rope attachment on there, like you would do for, uh, you know, like tricep extensions, and then get down on your knees, and you hold that rope and you do crunches that way. It's different than crunches on your back because again, you're you're on your knees. You can, you know, bring your head all the way down to the floor and then go all the way back up, and again, it, it's a bigger range of motion. And you're also adding in the resistance from the weight stack. And you can do anywhere from 10 pounds resistance all the way up to the whole entire stack of weights if you want to, right? Which is typically like uh, like 170 to 200 pounds. Um, I really like those. One thing, though, to keep in mind, we said this back in the beginning of the podcast, but 
you can build really strong abs, but if you want them to show, that is more of a diet um, situation. Uh, I don't know if it's, I'm trying to get the, the, the saying right, but it, you, it's, abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah, but that's right? not true. Abs aren't made in the kitchen. They're revealed, They're revealed in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen. Yes, but that's a popular saying you'll hear a lot of times because... Like I said, everyone has abs, everyone has the same muscles, but it's a matter of are they covered by, you know, uh, fat, right? So with abs, you can be working them really hard, um, getting them nice and strong, but to get them to really show, that's kind of where the, the diet comes into play, right? You have to have a low enough body fat percentage for those abs to show. Now, typically, abdominals will start showing... Uh, really like for, for men, you can really kind of be at 14% body fat. You'll start seeing the outline of them. Um, and for females, uh, typically hold a, a little bit higher of a body fat percentage, but it's kind of around that same, uh, I would say percentage around like that, uh, 10 to 14%. That's when you really start seeing them. And then obviously like, you know, your bodybuilders and fitness competitors out there your, your bikini competitors how they look on that day of the show is a lot different than what you'll see kind of like day to day right so to have kind of like abs year round that's just a matter of like staying at a healthy i say healthy low percentage of body fat anything under 10 percent is very hard to maintain unless you know it's uh like you're you're very very naturally lean but for the average person, under 10% uh, year-round is hard to maintain. And it's also, also too, being very, very low percentage body fat, and this is even for the for the uh, guys out there, it's actually bad for your hormones. Yeah. Typically, you kind of want to be at that 10 uh, to 13% range. Um, you know, not super shredded, but you can still keep low enough body fat, you know, for your abs to show. Yeah, and another, um, going off of, back to the ab exercises, another way to work your abs that is, um, I feel like, often neglected by people is the idea of anti-rotational abs. Um, so that's things like like the pull-off press where you, you can do that on like a cable or even if you just have a resistance band like tied to a pole and you hold it out in front of you and you walk and you need to control your abs and your core to not turn. So fighting that urge to turn so that will work your abs as well. All right, so I think that is kind of, you know, covered the basics that we wanted to get over. Just to recap, make sure that you're breathing, intentionally breathing, exhale when you're exerting the effort of an exercise. So basically exhale on the hard part. Um, ditch the belt. You don't need that belt. Uh, do that for like your, you know, your one rep max. Uh, in, incorporate more unilateral movements and do weighted ab movements movements and make sure you focus on range of motion with your abdominal work so cut out the crunches and oh. i'll get to heidi close this up all right no that's it so thank you guys so much for tuning in hopefully you have a wonderful rest of your day and check us out next episode stop taking the ibuprofen tylenol get yourself some kratom we got a couple of reviews up on uh, a few of them that we use but also speaking of kratom we will have an episode coming out uh soon where we talk about just Kratom. We haven't really done a full intro to Kratom. I know we talked about it quite a bit, so keep an eye out for that. We will introduce you to the Kratom plant, its uses, benefits, 
all that jazz. Hope you guys enjoy the week. We will see you all next time. All right, guys.